Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Parker Here. Appreciate you all tuning in, listening. Shout out Nate Dog again for that intro. It's so sweet. I love hearing it every time. Back again with another episode, baby. Uh, this week's episode is going to just be a recap of the NBA playoffs. Um, yeah, they're so freaking good, man. I It makes suffering through the regular season so worth it. I mean, those first two days of games were just unbelievable. Um, obviously had a couple blowouts, you know, Brooklyn was never really in the game with Philly. Um, and then Denver just really looks good. And then obviously Boston, um, but man, those games were just so good. Every single one of them was super intense. Um, a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, we're just going to run through every series. I'm going to give a little bit of a breakdown and maybe a prediction of how the series is going to go throughout the week. Um, depending on if I have time or not, I would love to uh, put out another episode later in the week. So appreciate it. if y'all could tune in for that one as well. Um, yeah, let's get after it. Uh, let, let I mean, let's start with the most obvious thing first. Um, first of all, I want to say this. It is not unusual for star players to go down early in the playoffs. I think it happens quite frequently um, throughout the playoffs. And every single year, we see at least one injury that kind of shakes things up, that makes things weird and and kind of screws up everybody's predictions. Um, so I understand people are frustrated about the Giannis injury, the John Moran injury. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero isn't a star player, but he broke his hand. And it's not – Again, I, I just want to say that it's not unusual. Does it suck? Absolutely. Do I wish everybody could just stay healthy all the time and everybody was playing their best basketball? Yeah, absolutely. But I do want to touch on the way that they got injured because it is – I mean, it really is just such a talking point of the way that that charge is taken. And it's kind of uh, been all over Twitter for those of you that haven't seen it. Um Basically what happens is a guy beats his man off the dribble. The help side defender is late stepping over to help. And so the player leaps and elevates. And then a defensive player slides underneath him to try and take the charge, to try and draw that contact. And more often than not, it gets they actually get rewarded with the charge call. Um, and it's just it's just a dumb play. It's just a silly play. It's a scary play. Um, and it's leading to more and more players getting hurt. Um, and I think that, you know, if our main – as they are, if the NBA's main goal is is player safety, right? I mean, we review all of these ridiculous fouls. Anytime somebody holds their face, it's going to get reviewed, see if it's worthy to be upgraded. And this is one of the most dangerous plays in the game. I mean, you got guys coming down, landing on their head, landing on their necks, landing on their back like, like Giannis did. Ja Morant tried to catch himself. Landed on his hand, looked terrible. I just, I just think that we we really need to approach this, and and get it taken care of, and try and figure out, you know, what what's a better way to handle this, right? Because you don't want guys, you don't want Giannis just 
barreling down and running ever running over everybody, right? So you can't get rid of the charge fully, but there has to be something that we can do that that will fix this charge call because it's just as it stands right now, it's just so hard. It's just so scary for an offensive player um, is all I want to say. And, again, I don't want to make the game easier, right? It's so easy for offensive players right now that maybe this is, you know, something that we can we can do to, to counteract it. But it's, it's so dangerous for, for offensive players, especially with how athletic these guys are. I mean, Jaws in the air for so long and somebody just slides underneath him and now he's trying not to just directly land on the player that's taking a charge. So tries to catch himself, tries to – move around the player that's already on the ground, and it's just such a dangerous thing. Um, anyway, all right, let's get into the series. Milwaukee-Miami. I, Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a pretty obvious 4-0 sweep. I mean, I, it's you just – it's more rare and rare that a, that a team is actually going to sweep another team in the playoffs just because time management is – or load management, excuse me, is almost – you know, seeping its way into the playoffs. So you guys, you have guys that if you go up 3-0 in a series now, that fourth game, you're just not going to take it very, very serious. And you're going to, you know, the opposing team will win one game. But I definitely didn't see Miami coming out and winning game one in Milwaukee. And obviously, Giannis goes down in the first 10 minutes or so. And that's a huge play. But it's just really... Nothing. It's just really nothing. Sorry that pause was so long, but I, I just, I, I really wanted to try and think about the word I was going to say, and it, it's just nothing. It means nothing. And if Giannis plays, I think they win that game. And, you know, you can say, well, maybe they should have won that game even if Giannis didn't play. Yeah, well, Jimmy Butler is also a really freaking good player. And that's exactly what we saw happen was Jimmy Butler was the best player in that game. And you had Chris Middleton play a really good game. Um, you know, and it's obviously harder for these Milwaukee guys to to get shots off and to get clean looks when you don't have Giannis, when you don't have four players standing in the paint trying to form a wall so that Giannis can't score every time. And now those players can actually stand next to their man <laughs> and prevent shots from going up. It's a little bit harder if you're a Milwaukee Buck to to be efficient scoring. But Jimmy Butler was the best player on the floor. And, and I don't know if that's surprising. I think there's a world where Giannis is out there and Jimmy Butler's still one of the best players on the floor. You know, that's that's who he is. That's who he's been really his entire career. Is anytime he's in the playoffs, he, he can get to a different level. Um, and that's kind of what we saw. So I'm not – I don't think Miami's going to win that series. I don't even think it'll be close. I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee won the next four. Um, whether Giannis is there or not, I don't think it would be surprising if Milwaukee won the next four. But – yeah, I, I guess I'm just not going to let myself get deterred by one game, right? If Milwaukee goes down 2-0, now that's a different story, right? 2-0 is – that could be tough. But I – but I, yeah, I'm just not putting a lot of weight on that one game. So, um, let's go Cleveland and New York. I mean, I, I would be surprised if – I would be surprised if somebody came out of this this series without a broken bone, without a fractured nose, without, you know, a, a black eye somewhere along the line. I mean, this thing was insane. And Julius Randle was just running dudes over. 
Um, and Hartenstein was was tossing Jared Allen and Evan Mobley all kinds of directions. And, you know, the, the, the other awesome part of this series, and I know it, obviously everybody's talked about it multiple times, but right, New York's supposed to make that trade for Donovan Mitchell. They didn't. They end up with Jalen Brunson. Uh, I mean, is that what – was that what people really wanted? Is that what the fans in New York wanted? And now you go out and, and I don't want to say Jalen Brunson necessarily outdueled Donovan Mitchell, but the Knicks won, right? Like <laughs> he did, right? Whether Donovan Mitchell had a great game or not, Jalen Brunson closes it out in the fourth quarter doing whatever he wants. You got Osmond out there trying to guard him for whatever reason. Um, and that's just not going to work if you're Cleveland and, Ultimately, what it comes down to, if you're Cleveland, I think you're fine. I think you feel okay after that first game because all it is is if we can grab one rebound in the fourth quarter. If we can get one defensive rebound in the fourth quarter, they win that game. And I think that is – I thought that was pretty obvious, actually, right? Did Jalen Brunson do whatever he wanted down the stretch? Yeah, but they also had multiple chances to do – to give Jalen Brunson the opportunity to do whatever he wanted, if that makes sense. So, I'm still fine if I'm Cleveland in that series and I, I think I still have Cleveland taking that series. I could go, I could see it going six games. In fact, I could see New York winning the next game. Um, but I still have Cleveland in that series, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, not a lot to talk about here. Um, I think the pretty obvious thing is like, I get that Joel Embiid is really hard to game plan for. And I understand you want to double him and get the ball out of his hands, but, you can't just leave open shooters. You can't just give up 25 open threes. It's just not going to work. These guys are in the NBA. Whether they're good shooters or not, they're in the NBA, and they're in the NBA for a reason, and giving up 25 open three-pointers is not a recipe for success. Um, I would rather have – I would rather let Joel go for 50, right? Let him be go off and then try and just match his scoring with all your other guys, but don't let – all these other guys getting rhythm, right? Don't let Shake Milton get in rhythm. Don't let Tobias Harris, who was fine, get in rhythm. Um, don't let James Harden get in rhythm. You know, Fort let one guy get in rhythm, I guess. Better than than having all of these other wings knock down open shots. The last thing I want to say is is Mikael Bridges is is like that. I mean, he is he's unbelievable. The scoring that he was the the way that he was scoring against Philadelphia, especially in that first half, was was unbelievable. I don't know. I mean, depending on what happens in Phoenix, which we'll get to a little bit later, like <laughs> the way the Mikhail Bridges is looking right now, I think that that trade could be scary. I'm not saying you don't do it. In fact, 10 times out of 10, you do it. You trade for Kevin Durant. But Mikhail Bridges is turning into something that I don't know if anybody, if any of us ever expected. The way that he can score the ball is unbelievable. And again, if you have the opportunity to trade for Kevin Durant, you do it. But I don't know. Mikael Bridges is looking like he could really, really be something. Um, Boston, Atlanta. I don't even want to talk about this game. Not a lot to say. Boston made it look really, really easy. Um, did whatever they wanted. They just made their finals run a lot, lot easier when they drew Atlanta in this series. And it's a shame because I actually really like Atlanta. I'm one of the Trey Young believers. I like the way that he plays the game and so many people hate it. Um, But I actually like it. And I think he's better on defense than people understand. And I think he's the way that he manipulates the game, passing the ball, I think is really awesome. Does he have a lot of 
Does he dribble the ball a lot? Sure. Does he want to use a lot of pick and roll? Sure. Does he jump into contact? Yeah. No more than Chris Paul does. <laughs> I mean, it's he's just being a point guard, and it's what a lot of it's what a lot of point guards do in this league. All right, Denver, Minnesota, another one that you know we don't really need to spend a ton of time on. But one thing I will say is, man, it looked like Jokic was just just wanted to play a completely different game than what we've seen since they locked up the one seed. And I guess I don't know if that should be surprising to anybody, but he looked really, really unbelievable um, and and was really, really trying. I actually saw a stat. Again, I apologize. Don't know who it was. It was on Twitter. Um, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. And Nikola Jokic did not attempt a shot outside of the paint. You have Rudy Gobert, a multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year winner, and Carl Anthony Towns, who can be really solid defensively and is just long and big. And Nikola Jokic didn't attempt a shot outside the paint. That is unbelievable. Um, Denver should win that series in four. I feel bad for Anthony Edwards. He should be playing better than he is. I don't really know what's going on. I think he's still hurt a little bit. All right. These last three games in the West were all just awesome. Um it's no secret. I'm a LeBron guy. I've said it multiple times. I want him to get another ring. I want him to win another championship. I'm all in on LA in this series. Um, I think LeBron James is the best player of all time, and I want his resume to be as good as it can be. Um, I want to just continue witnessing that greatness. Um, and it turns out he's the fourth best player on the team. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know he's not the fourth best player on the Lakers, but he was in game one, which is just unbelievable. Austin Reeves is really like that. I mean, I, I I was blown away watching LeBron just stand on the wing. The, the, the last four, three minutes of, four, of the fourth quarter is exactly when LeBron has always taken over the game on every team he's been a part of. And he was just like, nah, Reeves is doing his thing. Put him in that pick and roll with D'Angelo Russell. They cannot figure out what to do. And Reeves scored three straight buckets, I think, maybe four straight down the stretch that that put him up by like 10. And then, I mean, that, that game was close. Obviously, if if you were watching, that game was close. The final score wasn't. But, man, that game was unbelievable. I hate the jaws out. Um, but you got the absolute best scoring game you could possibly get from Jaron Jackson Jr. And Desmond Bain played unbelievable as well. And you still lost the game. And I just – I don't see a path for Memphis winning this without Steven Adams and without um, Brandon Clark. You're just so small. Anthony Davis, the stat, you know, the stat sheet doesn't look great for Anthony Davis, but he was unbelievable in that game, especially defensively. I think he finished with seven blocks or something like that. I mean, just an unbelievable performance by AD. And if LeBron and AD stay healthy, I just don't see a way that Memphis can win the series. The Lakers are just too big. They're too big and too strong. And Jaron Jackson didn't even get in foul trouble. He played the whole game, which is what I said he needed to do on la on the last podcast. Because if he can play the whole game, they have a chance. And they did have a chance down the stretch, but they still lost. And again, John Morant went out, and I don't know. Again, that looked really bad. I think they said the x-ray came back negative for a broken hand, but, I mean, that just looked terrible on his right hand too. So, we'll see. Phoenix in L.A., Man, this series is so much fun, and it is so much fun watching Kawhi and KD go at it with the history that they've had. Um, 
of going back and forth all the way back for when Kawhi was in San Antonio and, and KD was with OKC. I mean, they went back and forth and just two superstars, two unbelievable shot makers, two unbelievable defenders. And again, they aren't guarding each other every possession, but the possessions that we do get them guarding each other, you can just tell that they know that it's important. And it is so much fun watching them go at it. Um, Phoenix is going to have to figure out something. That, that was – this loss concerns me more than the Miami and Milwaukee loss concerns me, which obviously because Giannis went out, so that's why Milwaukee lost, whatever. And Phoenix had all their guys, whatever. But that loss scares me. Um, obviously, got to give a shout-out to Russell Westbrook. Um, was unbelievable. Made an unbelievable defensive play down the stretch. Um, blocking Devin Booker's layup grabbing the ball before it goes out of bounds and throwing it off of Devin Booker. I mean, just just was unbelievable. The greatest three of 19 performance you'll ever see. Um, dude did everything. He's it, it, That's the exact game you'd expect from Russell Westbrook. He missed 16 freaking shots, and yet he was one of the most impactful players on the floor, and that's what he can do. That's what his motor is. He goes out and wins games by doing all of these ridiculous things. Um. Yeah, I mean, L.A. looked really good and Kawhi looked really good. And Phoenix has some things that, that, they need to, that they need to figure out. I don't know why Kevin Durant doesn't have the ball. He has to touch the ball on every possession in the final five minutes of the game. He has to. Don't And obviously, Chris Paul needs to as well, sure. Devin Booker needs to as well, sure. But also, do they? <laughs> right? Like – I mean, Kevin Durant is, is the everybody says he's the best scorer we've ever seen. So if you're on offense and you need a score, maybe give it to the best scorer we've ever seen. Stop throwing lobs to DeAndre Ayton, regardless of if it is working or not. Kevin Durant has to be touching the ball on every possession. Let Kevin Durant and Devin Booker do a pick and roll action and force somebody to stop that because the shot making that you're gonna get out of a out of that pick and roll with those two players touching the ball is I just don't understand how somebody can stop it. So, I don't know. I feel like Kevin Durant just being a spot-up shooter, standing on the wing 30 feet away from the basket, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, that that series will be interesting to pay attention to. Monty Williams has got to figure something out there. <clears throat> all right, Golden State-Sacramento, maybe the best basketball game I've watched all year, um, college, NBA, high school, anything. It was it was an unbelievable game. The shot making, Steph Curry's shot in the corner that went over the shot clock. You, you almost couldn't even see the ball on TV. You couldn't see Steph anymore. Steph had fallen completely out of bounds, was halfway in the tunnel. That ball comes out of the rafters and rips the net. I mean, at that point, you're just like, yeah, Golden State's going to win. I mean, there, there's no reason that Sacramento could lose this game. Or excuse me, that Sacramento could win this game. And then De'Aaron Fox was like, Y'all forgot about me. The most clutch player in the league, man. I mean, he was unbelievable down the stretch. Obviously, you have Malik Monk as well. I don't know if I don't know if that's surprising to me. That type of game from Malik Monk, I guess it's surprising in that it's his, I think it was his playoff debut. I'm I'm pretty sure it was him and Malik Monk both had a playoff debut in the same game and then went for like 58 combined or something. Um, so I guess it's surprising in the moment that it came in. But that performance is something we've seen from Malik Monk consistently. He can get hot from three, and and he'll give you buckets in a variety of ways. Um, and and just the energy in that in Golden One Center was just phenomenal. I 
man, that game was so, so much fun. Um, and it was a treat to to watch. And I, I really don't have a lot of other things to say about it. I have no idea my prediction on this series. Um, but gosh, it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> and and with that one-footed, like, you know, three-pointer that Steph shot up, did he have a, an opportunity to get two feet down and, and really set himself for the shot? Sure. But also that would have let the defender back into the play, right? Why, might as well take the clean look off of one foot than a contested look off of two feet, especially if you're Steph Curry. I mean, it's Steph Curry. He's a great shooter of all time. I'm probably going to defer to him on on what shot he should have taken. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, anyway, that'll do it for today's pod. I know it was a little bit shorter, um, kind of on a time crunch, but I, I just wanted to get out there and, and get all my thoughts out there. Again, I might do a shorter pod later in the week, kind of breaking down um, what the playoff series are looking like midweek. Um, and, yeah, that's that's all I got, I think. Appreciate you guys for listening. Again, follow on socials. I'm going to be tweeting and, and putting out some clips during uh, during the playoffs as well. So appreciate you guys for listening. We'll catch you later this week.